not the whole song. So I think one time we sang the whole song here at the congregation. Nothing is impossible. How many of you know where this was taken from? The phrase. I mean, the, the thought. What? What scripture? Matthew. Oh, it's written in there. Yeah? Matthew 19. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Matthew 19. Nothing is impossible. Let's sing it, okay? Sounds like air conditioning to me. November the 8th, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then Thursday, so this is Wednesday and Thursday, all day. So no on-site above-ground parking during the following hours on Wednesday and Thursday. So because of that installation, so that'd be a good thing. All right, so that's the word. Hopefully, it'll be here soon. Hopefully, it'll come in. Okay, how many of you remember a comic strip, but it was not a comic strip, but it was about a man who drew cartoons. He was a cartoonist, traveled the world, 
he brought back with him illustrations, hand-drawn illustrations about odd, unusual, weird things back in the 1920s. Became very popular, very famous article. And then now, even today, you have all kinds of museums, like, uh, oddities or something like that. It's about weird things in life. And that'll be, of course, Robert Ripley. Uh, believe it or not, I think they had a TV program with several different hosts over the years. And uh, it was illustrated installments to a paper. Things like the bearded lady, the bearded lady. A man walked across the United States of America, which is not so unusual, but he walked across America backwards. That is unusual to even think to do that and then to do it. And then there's a man from Australia, J.M. Barnett of Australia. He jump roped 11,800 times in four hours. I don't know why, but he did that in four hours nonstop. Then there's a man called the human pincushion. Needles stuck into his face, his arms, his lips, his nose and things, no problem. There was a castle built out of matchsticks, out of matchsticks, 450,000 matchsticks, a beautiful castle. You should see the picture. It is just like, wow. And then there's a man who gave birth to a baby cow. Believe it or not, I just made that up. <laughs> Robert Ripley made articles like that and art illustrations, incredible places, people, things, brought back to the civilized world, back to New York, Chicago, and so on. He shocked many, made people excited and thrilled. And then um, a lot of people did not believe the bizarre things he drew and reported. They thought it was his imagination. He embellished facts and made it spectacular. That's what they thought. But a lot of people believed what he drew and believe what he reported. And so there's something else, there's something else about Robert Ripley that I can think about and the reaction is the same to something that brings back truth or supposed truth and uh, people don't believe it or they do believe it. Most people seem to be skeptical when it comes to something that seems to be so harsh or so unlike how I would view something or do something. And so people have this response, wow, or no, that can't be. And of course, that would be the Bible. And so the Bible does report things that seem to be fantastic, bizarre, unusual. Cannot be this way. That's not how I would do it if I was God and so on. But it's kind of like uh, thinking about x-ray. An x-ray does something that's very helpful in medicine. Now, you know about x-rays. And everyone has been to the dentist. Everyone has had uh, some procedure done by a physician by a surgeon, they've had to have an x-ray done because the x-ray goes beyond the skin, beyond the surface of it, it sees what's on the inside. It actually tells you what's on the inside. And it's kind of unbelievable to see that on the light box and the physician say, you see that spot over here? That's this. And look at this here. You see this mass? That should not be there. This is what this is. Now, you don't see it, but when you see it, you have a choice to make, to believe it or to not believe it. The, the report is not pleasant, but do you believe it because it's uh, good or not good? Does your feelings have anything to do with what you see? No. And so the x-ray, the x-ray makes you think that the Bible is like that. It tells the truth accurately more than what you can see with your own human eyes and what others see on the outside. So there's the truth about everyone. There's a truth about everyone. And I was going to 
uh, teach and preach this at 10.45, but then I thought I'd do it now, and because uh, at 10.45, when uh, the teachers are back from teaching and then other parents are here, I wanna teach about the most important thing that parents ought to learn starts with the letter A. So that's gonna be at 10.45, but now it's the truth about everyone. I know something about everyone, and so do you, and there's something that we know about everyone. So there's three things about everyone according to the X-ray of the Bible. And there's something that we know about everyone no matter who they are. Interested? Yes. It's really simple, but it's very important. There's something true about everyone that we can see from God's Bible, the X-ray. Number one, number one, it is this. First, we need to pray. Lord, thank you for the time we have to assemble for church. Perfect blessings on all that I said and taught uh, uh, today, in um, now, or in the next hour. We pray that you'd bless and uh, help it to be good for the people that hear it and see it. We pray for others who are on the way, keep them safe. We pray for others who ought to be here, help them, Lord, to make it the next time. Uh, meanwhile, we will teach what the Bible says about the subject matter. There's something we know about everyone, and I pray that you help it to be clear, simple, and uh, understandable. We pray that it will make a difference in our thinking. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. There are some things about man that we know that is always true. Something that we are exposed to by the x-ray of God's word. And it is something that is just so, regardless of how we think about it. Just like how we think about brothers, believe it or not, it is true or not true. Our response to something fantastic. If it's true, it's true. If it's not true, it's not true. So the x-ray does tell us the truth about ourselves number one the first truth is that we are either saved or lost the truth is number one the x-ray says one everyone and this is about everyone there's something we know about everyone is either saved or not saved that's the first thing. Now, right away, that seems to be an offensive statement. And really, when you think about this, the Christian never intends to offend anyone. Why would he want to? He doesn't want to offend everyone. But what does the x-ray say? Well, the x-ray says that John chapter 3. Come to John chapter 3. Now, this is for you who are saved to understand once again or to be reminded about what the Bible says about everyone. Everyone. You know something about everyone. You don't have to know their personal lives, and that's not the intent. But you know something about everyone because the Bible says something, and the Bible is our x-ray. We are either saved or lost. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And come down to verse number uh, 14. 314. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now look at verse 16. For God so loved the world, we know the scripture, that uh, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but, but, he that believeth not is. So you see, one person that believes on him is not condemned, 
Number two, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Look at verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. However, it says, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. What do you find? You find this statement to be true, that everyone is either saved or unsaved. According to these uh, three verses, everyone is either a believer or the non-believer in Jesus Christ. And so that's why I say everyone is either this or that. Now sometimes we say, I don't know. You know this, I don't know. I don't know. People say, I don't know, or I don't know. Ask them a question, they do this. I don't know, and then they do this. I don't know. Uh, are you saved? I don't know. Are you lost? I don't know. Well, is it possible to be unsure of what you are? It is possible. But is it possible to be half saved, half lost? Is it possible to be almost pregnant? I mean, you are or you're not pregnant. It's, it's kind of like you are or you're not. Let's use an example here. This is a waterfall. This is a canoe upstream about a mile. Here is somebody in the canoe. There's another person lying down in the canoe. They're having a good time floating on the canoe on the in the river, a mile and a half up from the waterfall. They are going toward the waterfall. Now there are people on the side over here on the bank. They're watching very casually, having a good day, watching canoes go by them in the river toward the waterfall. There's two kinds of people here. One group is in the canoe on the river. Another group is on the side, on both sides. They're just enjoying the beautiful summer weather in New York, upstate, which is right now pretty horrible. Thank God you live in Hawaii. <laughs> Even though this is kind of horrible right now, but it's kind of relative. And so they get a phone call. They get a phone call. They get the phone call. Hello, hey, John, you're in New York? Yes, I am. I'm at, uh, upstate New York. I'm at the uh, Niagara Falls area. Yeah, how's it going? Great. Well, where are you? The question, where are you? The question to the man in the canoe, where are you? The question to the man on the side of the river, where are you? How does he answer that? He could say, I'm at Niagara Falls, which is true, but the specific answer should be, I'm in the canoe on the river, or I'm on the side of the river watching people in a canoe go by me. They cannot say to the question, where are you? Oh, I don't know. That'd be kind of crazy. I don't know. It's like asking. It's like asking. Well, um, are you employed or unemployed? Oh, I don't know. Don't you know if you are or not? Are you in the Army, the Marine Corps? Uh, not sure. You're a bad Marine, then, if you don't know. Uh, I like the joke about being in the Chair Force. <laughs> That's what Marines say about people in the Air Force during the Chair Force. It's kind of a disrespectful thing, you know, but it's kind of funny. Uh, in in between uh, um, uh, branches, you know, friendly competition, Army versus Navy football game kind of thing. Oh, uh, so where are you? If the guy says I don't know, it's not a good answer. You should know where you are. Now here's the fact: when you take that phone call and the question is asked, "Where are you?" You should say, "I am in Niagara Falls area. I am in a canoe on the river." Accurate. 
Uh, I'm over here sitting on the bench with my family watching the boats go by to their destruction. <laughs> they're drifting by, and you know, they don't hear the roar of the falls yet, but because they're so far up there, but there's a falls coming up ahead. They're on that canoe heading down that falls. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So I'm okay because I am on the side on the bench watching people go by. You're either on the side of the river or you're in the river. Do you, do you see the point here? A man is either saved or not saved. Everybody is saved and not saved. That is a real simple way of looking at everything, even though it's not too pleasant. To say to someone, you're in a canoe, look, let me tell you, in a half a mile, you're going to go over the water, you better get out right now. Nah, you're crazy. You just want to ruin my fun. I'm having a good day, enjoying the sunshine, the nice cool breeze. It's a good day. No, no, no. And so that person does not think he is in trouble for whatever reason. So the illustration kind of breaks down there because who would not know that? The fact is, you're either one place or another place. You are either safe or not safe. That's for everybody. We know that about everybody. You don't know the particulars about everyone. You could not know, but you know one thing generally. People are in the canoe, heading down the river slowly, but going in that direction. And one day, and one day eventually, not one day, but eventually, eventually, they will go down. Eventually come to a place where they say, uh-oh, you hear that sound? Uh-oh. And they, they'll, they'll try to um, row as hard as they can. But by a certain point, you cannot overcome the force and the gravity and the pull of the water going over the falls. You come to a place, now over here, you can probably easily get on the side, no problem. The current is not that strong. You get to a certain point, whatever that point is, where you're sucked down, you cannot, no matter how much you try, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you're gonna go over. You heard about people go over waterfalls or Niagara Falls uh, in a barrel? Women have done that in a wooden barrel. Why? Why? Men have done that. Why? I don't know why, but they think it's a thrill. Okay, well, there's other thrills they have besides going over in a barrel in Niagara Falls. There's other thrills to doing that. But uh, you're either in one place or the other place. You're either on your way to heaven or you're not. And that's how it plays out in the Bible. The Bible tells us something, the x-ray, about the condemnation of people. Look at verse number 17, John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now you have two kinds of people, those who are condemned and those who are not condemned, those who are saved and those who are not saved. Now, verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's on the side of the river. But he that believeth not is condemned already. He's already in the canoe and heading down the river. It's just a matter of time. Now, Niagara Falls. What a way to think about this. Now, in Luke 19.10, would you come over here? Luke 19, verse number 10. Jesus made a statement about why he came to this world. Luke 19, 10. Look at verse number 9. Actually, back up to the story. It's verse number 8 about Zacchaeus. Well, let's go back a few more verses. Verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And could not for the press. That tells us that the news media is the big problem. 
course, the press here is the crowd of people. It's a crowd of people. Stanley Rimoli can't get through this group of people. It could not for the press because he was little of stature. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector, stature-wise. How tall was he? Don't know, but we know one thing. He was little of stature. He was a short guy. How short is short? Relative, doesn't matter. He was so short, he could not look over the shoulders of people who stood in front of him. He was interested to see what Jesus was going to do. He heard about him. He wants to hear him teach, wants to see him, but he can't. And so he does something. And he ran before and climbed up, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. So this man tells me something about a man's desire, first of all. In passing, I want you to know this. Zacchaeus wanted to hear and see Jesus, so much so that because, and even though he was hindered, even though he was hindered, he said, he said to himself, now let's get into his head, Zacchaeus has said, he said to himself, man, Jesus is passing, I heard so many things that he's done, and the good things he's done for people, he's healed people and so on, and, and I gotta see him myself, I have to see him firsthand. He goes over here where he thinks Jesus will come, and then there's a crowd of people already assembled in the district and coming this direction. He can't see. He's doing this. And, and the ground is squeaking. He's, he can't see him. And he says, excuse me. And they say, they say, get back here, little man. And he just can't get away. He goes this side. He goes this side. He can't get around. He says, oh, you know what? Too bad. I'll go home. I want to see him, but I can't. So I'm just going to give up. Did he do that? You know what this man did? He did what every man should do that has a sincere interest and concern and they value something. They don't let that stop them. That's right. He says, oh, what am I going to do? So he gets on his stuff and he calls his wife and says, Mrs. Zacchaeus, I came to see Jesus, but I can't see him. What do you think I should do? I think I'll just come back home and have lunch. She says, listen, you've been talking about him for weeks now and you have a real opportunity to see him and hear him. You better find a way to see him. And she hangs up the phone on him. That's what he needs to hear. And so he says, all right. He looks around. You know what he sees? He sees this. He sees a Middle Eastern coconut tree. Actually, he just sees a tree, sycamore tree. He says, ah, sycamore tree, 25 feet tall. Ah, if I get up there, I can look down and see over the crowd. I can see and hear Jesus. He says, he says, that's what I'll do. And he climbed the tree. You know what that tells me about this man? He really, really, really was sincere. Amen. And what he really, really wanted, he would do anything that was right to do to get to see Jesus, whom he really wanted to hear and see. Don't you think there's a lesson for everyone? Whatever is your passion, whatever is your, whatever it is, like a magnet nail that pulls you toward a certain interesting thing, if it's not wrong, don't you think if you really want to do something, you you get to do it? You won't let things bother you, you won't let the hindrances keep you from doing that. You do what you need to do to get to do something that you really want to do. That is true. That is a good thing to remember. This man was very sincere. He didn't just say, I want to see him. Oh, but you know, too bad. Oh, well, this is God's will for me. I'm not to see him. No, 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 no. He did not let that stop him. Obstacles. Don't let obstacles keep you from doing the right thing. Don't let inconvenience stop you from doing the right thing. Do you know today it's very hard to get up? 
How many would be honest to say, today was very hard to get up? Yeah. Now, don't raise your hand, but <laughs> too late. <laughs> it was hard to get up, 64 degrees where I, it kind of, it's like, oh, who wants to get up? You're so snug and warm and everything, and uh, uh, you didn't want to get up, did you? Come on, don't look at me like you're that spiritual. <laughs> we did want to get up, but we got up, and you know what? And I didn't want to get up. But standing right here now, I'm glad to tell you this thing. I'm glad that I got up, got here. I got my coffee, two donuts, uh, a donut back there. And um, thank you for that. And uh, it's good to be here where I'm supposed to be. I didn't let an obstacle, something that I enjoy, cold weather, keep me from coming and doing something I know I need to do. You have to do that in your life for a lot of good things. Now, let's continue. Zacchaeus, he... Um, in verse number four, he ran before and climbed up a sycamore tree like a leopard, and he was to pass that riverside. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Funny that he did. He looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. You know what's funny about this? Jesus comes, he sees all the people here. And he ignores him. He looks up. Now, you think he knew Zacchaeus was going to be up the tree? Likely. You think Zacchaeus knew that he would? No. But because Zacchaeus was where he should have been, Jesus looked up to where he should have been. And he says, Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus says, Zacchaeus, you. Yes, you. There's not another Zacchaeus up the tree unless you've got twins. Zacchaeus, Come down right now. I'm going to go to your house. Zacchaeus was shocked. He just wanted to see him. But now, quote, the star, the quote, the star, said to him from the crowd, come here on the stage. In essence, that's what happened. In essence, the feeling, the feeling of me, me. Imagine if you were, um, oh, where, where would you be that you would like to be that's very honorable? And it's a special event. And it's something where you not go, but you're there. And the person who, let me let me illustrate to you. I was with Carlton, uh, uh, how many years ago? I think when Linda Lingo was governor. Linda Lingo went to give a speech over at the Yacht Club by Alamoana. And with his job, I lost him to see all kinds of dignitaries and VIPs, things like that. And he doesn't brag about things, but he sometimes brings about he says, well, I, was, I met so-and-so. I said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He says, you want to hear Linda Lingo? I says, the only female governor in Hawaii, the only Republican, two-term Republican ever. Uh, yeah, I'll go see her. So um, he says, as we're walking, parked the car, we walk toward the little yacht club uh, meeting area, walk there, the place is full of people, supporters, and uh, we find a seat somewhere in the back, and then uh, he walks in, and she's over there, she's got lays on her, and she sees Carlton come in. She doesn't say anything yet, but then she comes to the mic and she says, welcome everyone. And she says, Carlton, what are you doing here? <laughs> the governor says to Carlton, what are you doing here? Oh, wow. And Carlton does this. <laughs> and I'm looking at Carlton. You weren't dropping names. You were really telling the truth. You do know in the lingo. She's calling you by your first name. That's kind of like the effect. Zacchaeus, you come down. It's like having a president you respect say to you, uh, hello, is this, uh, is this uh, Francis? Yeah, who this? That's like, yeah, who this? This is President uh, Reagan. 
president, someone that you respect. No, come on, this is a this is a joke. No, no, and then you know you're. He wants you to come. He wants you to come, and he wants you to do some carpentry work for him. <laughs> oh, what a thrill! Hello, hello. Is this Mr. Peterson? Who is this? This is so and so from President Office, right? No, no. Here, put your speakerphone. And you look and speak your phone. You say, "It is. It is. It is." I want you to come. I want you to do me the honors of something. Now, that's kind of the effect of what he did here with Zacchaeus. Everybody's going, huh? Tax collector? Short guy? White guy? <laughs> White privilege? And so all of these things, that's the effect. And so uh, he really wanted to see him, and the Lord noticed him. And so they go to his house. And look at verse number 8. Uh, verse 6. He made haste and came down and received and joyful. Of course he did. He is thrilled that he had the attention of the Son of God. Verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured. Of course they complained. Jealous, envy, envious. Saying that, that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Of course, this public is not loved by anybody. Because he has to do his job and collect taxes from people. And sometimes he wasn't so honest. What could they do but get extorted? Verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to do something. Here's the verse I want you to see. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Everybody's either saved or lost. This man, we would say, got saved, and his fruits of repentance proved that he really repented in his heart. So remember this. It wasn't because he restored fourfold. The, the, the evidence of his repentance is what that is about. It's not that he did good things to become, quote, saved, but that he did that proved that he really believed in the Lord. That's what it comes out to be. And so that verse number 10 tells us that there are people who are either saved or lost. They are like Zacchaeus up the tree, yet to be saved, or then they're in the house with Zacchaeus now saved. So that's in the river or on the side of the river. It's either or. People are like that. God says, the Bible says, the x-ray says, everyone is like that in this world. All right? So that's what the Bible exposes by its x-ray. And so that's why Acts 4.12, uh, excuse me, go back to verse number 18 and 36 of John chapter 3. Let me say this about John 3 and verse 18 and 36. We use the word condemned, condemnation, verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. And then verse 36 he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see but the wrath of God abideth on him. So you have this word condemn, condemnation. By definition, you have the word condemn, condemnation as this. It is, it is someone who has been judged, judicial, a judicial act of declaring one guilty, dooming him to punishment. He has been punished yet, but he's been declared 
in a court of law, guilty, he's declared, condemned, he is sentenced. He will carry the sentence in due time, but while he's in the court, he has been officially declared, condemned by the judge. Pronounced guilty, judge, sentenced to punishment. And so the righteous God, the righteous judge, has sentenced everyone to be condemned. They're just awaiting the sentencing. And so that is the situation that man is in. Either or cannot be in between. It's not male, female. It's not she, male. It's got to be one or the other. And that's what the Lord says. So we must be saved, Acts 4, 12, because we are condemned already. So we are already sentenced. We're just going to go and it has to be carried out eventually. And so the truth is everyone, according to Jesus Christ, is condemned already. Very unpleasant. X-ray is not a pleasant thing to see if it is showing a spot or a lump or a mass. Who wants to hear that from a doctor? Nobody does. But that's what the X-ray should. But doctor, I feel fine. I know you feel fine now. However, there's this growth right here. This spot, there's multiple spots now on your lungs and your kidney, your liver, all these things. The X-ray is telling us what it sees. What can I tell you, my patient, that I care for is but what I, can, what I see? I like to tell you better news, but that's what I can tell you because that's what it shows. That's what the Bible is like. And so everyone is either saved or lost. Unpleasant, but still the truth. Number two, the second thing we know about everyone, besides they are either saved or lost, number two is this. Uh, let's see, two. I'll Everyone can be saved. Everyone can be saved. That's the second thing we know about everyone. Everyone can be saved. Number one, we're either saved or lost. Number two, everyone can be saved. This is good news. The gospel is good news. Everyone can be saved. Now, he says in verse number 14, back up to John 3, and verse 14, 3, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Verse 15, that whosoever... The next word is very critical. The whosoever does something. Starts with the B. Believeth. The whosoever believeth. Whosoever believes. In him should not perish. Remember, everyone's condemned, but if you believe on him, you then interfere with being condemned. It's broken now. That fuse, that fuse, and that. Remember you as a kid, you used to watch cowboy shows? And there was a bad guy, he lit the fuse with a dynamite stick, and it was, or, or there was a trail of uh, powder, gunpowder to a big keg that's gonna blow a man's house up, uses the good guy that the bad guy trying to kill, and the fuse is lit, and it's going and you just so full of tension as a kid, oh no, 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 quick, quick, quick. Or it's kind of like someone tied up on a railroad track and the train's coming. And then the Lone Ranger's gonna come, or your knight in shining arms going to come rescue you just in the nick of time. It's always in the nick of time. And then train goes by. It's always like that. Now, that's a rescue. The Lord says, the Bible says, if you believe, that's like being rescued from the condemnation, from the sentence being carried out. You have been delivered, rescued. You have salvation. From, you've been rescued from the coming train from the explosion. You've been rescued. The fuse has been snuffed out. You've been rescued. Something has stopped that condemnation. 
You're already sentenced to go there to hell, but that has been preempted. Amen. We interrupt this program. Usually we don't like that. Super Bowl, all of a sudden, that nothing, everything's offline. Oh, what are you gonna do? Oh no, this is so tragic. Can't see the second half, oh no. Well, look, this is not tragic, this is a good thing. Because, because of believing, a person not condemned. Look at verse number oh, uh, 16. Look at this good verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, there's that word again, starts with the B, it's a good word. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, not condemned anymore, should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 18, he that believeth on him, oh yes, there's that word again. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Why? Because he believed. No longer is he condemned. The process has been intercepted. Remember, you know these old programs with the, the, this uh, a bomb? 30 seconds, 25 seconds. You're watching this thing. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't stand this. And then black wire, green wire, white wire. And, and the guys, which one do I connect? Which one do I connect? Which one do I disconnect? Oh, no. And you're watching this thing. You are sweating blood. You just, <laughs> and then three, two, one, and nothing happens. Oh, boy. And that's kind of like this. Oh, boy. Disconnected. Because of believing. Look at verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Look at verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Wait a minute now. The second part of the verse, as we read earlier, he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Well, but something has happened so that that second part of that verse is not applicable anymore because that person has believed. The fuse has been stamped out. The, the right wire has been disconnected. There's no explosion now. I hope you understand how this all works out by that one thing called believing. Everybody believes something. Everyone believes something. What I'm about to tell you, you can tell someone else. You can understand. We all believe something. Is that true? Everyone else believes something. 300,000 people crossed the Mississippi River at a particular time for several months to go west because they believed that there was gold found at Sutter's Mill in California. There's also another one up in Alaska, in Yukon, Klondike, the Klondike a tragedy or mass, something like that. 100,000 people died looking for gold because they both, both groups believed that there was gold found and they believed the word of mouth report and so on and the news media. And so they packed the wagons with all the earthly goods and left the east and traveled sometimes up to six months across and some people some people walked behind wagons and uh, because they believed the report that in 1848 gold was found in Sutter's Mill. Faith in what a man said. Faith in what somebody reported. Uh, there's another modern way of explaining this. Every time I open my web browser on my phone or most of my phone, it's uh, is it Google or whatever it is, uh, I see this ads from uh, Temu, T-E-M-U. Have you ever opened up that one, Temu, anybody? All right, Temu ad, it says this. Year-end sale, men's leather boots, Francis, men's leather boots. I know what leather boots cost. I know what leather shoes cost. I've been to Texas, <laughs> the real kind. Not vinyl, but the real leather kind. $20.64. 
You believe that? Then they have other kinds of shoes. Running shoes, walking shoes. $7.99 plus free shipping. All the beautiful shoes. And then they show a little bit of people in a factory, you know, China, whatever, Asia. And my wife says, don't open that. Don't open that because she doesn't believe that it's legitimate. Then I go to check it out. They said, don't trust this site. It's bogus, da, da, da. And you have testimonies. People never send whatever and so on like that. And so yet people will spend money and put in a credit card to buy shoes and, and, and things, clothing even. Um, men's dress shirts, men's clothing, women's clothing, all kind of things. Things that you want. Leather briefcases, $6.99. Nice pictures guy, got leather thing and all that. Looks so real, looks so good. It's a picture of somebody. It's gotta be real, it's, on the, it's online. It's gotta be real. People believe that and then they invest their money into the thing and all of a sudden, I'm not saying Tim was illegitimate, I'm just saying what people have said. People believe things, we all have faith. We all believe something. When you get in your car, you turn the key, what do you believe is gonna happen? Because it's happened before. It's gonna start up. You believe that, you sit in, your, you sit in this chair, you come and sit in this chair, you have no doubt it's gonna hold you up because it's done it before. That's faith. So, everybody can believe, and therefore, since everybody can believe, everybody can be saved. Look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Here's a good verse to think about. 1 John chapter 5. Number 2, everybody, I know someone, everybody, everybody can be saved. 1 John 5, 9. Remember I just said about believing the report about Sutter's Mill, 1848, then about the other uh, gold supposedly found, and then, of course, modern ads through online means, social media. We, we react to things. Sale, sale, sale. You get flowers in the mail, midweek paper, news report, sale, whatever. Look at verse number 9. First John 5, 9. If we receive if we believe the witness of men, what men said in print form, in video form, or just telling you face to face. If we receive the witness of men, notice what he says in verse number nine, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his son. And so, simply John is saying, look, if you believe what man says about something and you act upon it, then you can believe on the Son of God, what He did, and act upon that as well. <clears throat> faith is very easy to have. You, listen, you know, faith is a gift. Faith is a gift, and the Holy Spirit has to speak to you. Of course, all that is in play. But the fact is, you and I, everyone in this world, who's either said law, exercises faith in something, and when it comes to faith, we can believe on Christ. It doesn't take a lot of faith to believe in Him. So we can believe in Him. By the way, I need to tell you this once again. Whenever we talk about things like this, about faith and believing and being saved, there's a group of people called Calvinists. Calvinists. You know what a Calvinist is? They did the teaching of John Calvin from the 14th, 15th century, around there. And um, they believe, and they have stressed it and overdone it, but they believe that only the elect can be saved. That Christ died only for the elect. And not everybody can be saved. Not everybody can believe. You have to be regenerated first before you can believe. Because you're dead in trespasses and sins, you cannot believe. That's what they teach. That is not true. I'll say again, that is not true. Everybody, any human has the capacity to believe. God gave you the ability, even though you're sinful and fallen, you have the ability to believe. Throughout the both, both, both Testaments, Old Testament, New Testament, 
you have the statements over and again of their free will and they willingly gave so on both testaments innumerable verses about believing and willing in the building of the tabernacle where the materials come from the free will offering of people in fact giving of the temple materials to build uh, Bezalel he'd have to use materials to construct the tap the temple where do you get all the stuff from people willingly gave in fact they gave so much they said so I think Solomon said no no stop 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 you guys give too much stop 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 but it's all free will now folks you cannot say that God has to give you the gift of faith to believe to be saved you know why because God came Jesus came to save people he doesn't make it hard to be saved remember that being saved is not a difficult process it's an act of hearing the gospel and responding to it in faith believe 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 where does repentance come in? What does repentance come in? Well, let me just say this. Repentance by definition means a change of mind. Now some take that repentance to be meaning this. If you want to get saved, you have to really, really be sincere. You have to really, really stop all of your sins. You have to really, really hate your sins. You have to really promise God you will not sin anymore. Then you really can be saved. Now if that was posed to you, would you have gotten saved? Could you have gotten saved? If you were told you had to really repent of all of your sins. But what are the sins you're talking about? Let's say God's on drugs. Do you, do you repent of your drugs? The guy's going to say, no. I love it. I'm hooked. Do you, want to re you repent of your whatever the sins are? If a man is hooked on drugs or other kind of thing, you know it's hard for him to stop. For him to be told you must promise to God you stop doing this from this day forth, then you can be saved. That really shows your repentance. No. The Lord saves you. It's like fishing for men. The analogy. You catch the fish, and God cleans up the fish. It's called the growth process. And through the growth process of being first being saved, number one, being saved first, the next step is, of course, growing grace and in the knowledge of the Lord save Jesus Christ. You grow as you grow, God begins to take out the scales from the fish. He begins to purge your life and begins to change your desires. But that's a process. So you don't promise God you're going to stop everything, stop sinning. Let's say you have an anger temper, uh, anger problem. Let's say you have a, a resentful, whatever it is. Let's say, let's say you, you're hooked on something that's a very private secret sin, and you know about it, but nobody else knows about it, and the guy tells you, you know, you've got to repent of all of your sin, otherwise you cannot be saved. You never get saved because you never could fulfill your promises. You cannot keep your promises. God doesn't say keep your promise. He says... Turn from believing and trusting in things that cannot save to my son who saved you by his death and burial and resurrection. So you put your faith in him, and that's what he wants to do. That's why he says, believe in John. It's believe, 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 believe. The Philippian jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Well, if he is trusting his pagan Roman gods, he would not trust them and Jesus. He would trust Jesus, period. So he would be repenting from what he was trusting to trusting in Christ. I hope you understand that. Don't let someone make you think you have to keep and do or not do certain things to prove your sincerity. God knows your heart and when you trust. Oh, by the way, turn to Romans. Romans chapter 10. Here's a good connecting verse. Romans chapter 10. Someone asked me, why you think people in America emphasize so much repentance? And I'll tell you the answer. 
Believing. Everybody can believe. Everybody can be saved. Uh, where am I? John, uh, Romans chapter 9. Here comes that B word again. Romans chapter 10. Verse number 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Okay, now watch that. Listen, now look at verse number 9. Come down to verse number 9. Uh, look at verse number 4, excuse me, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that... There's that word again. Keep coming down. Verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith. Now come down to verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God risen dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Question to you, verse 9 and 10, you have confession with the mouth, you have believing in the heart. Which one comes first? Is it confessing with your mouth that makes you say because you confess with your mouth that you believe in Christ or is it believing in your heart first? That's a good question. Verse 10. With the heart man believe it. Unto righteousness. Is it possible for a man to confess to not confess with his mouth but believe in his heart for righteousness and be saved? According to verse number 10, yes. Are there people in this world that cannot speak? But they hear the gospel and they want to be saved. Is it not true that God knows the heart of man? So if a man hears the gospel but he is not able to speak and respond. and But he can nod his head. He didn't confess with his mouth. So it's not a literal, literal, literal confess with your mouth. Come down the aisle confess to the whole congregation that you just received Christ. It is believe in your heart first. Because some people practically cannot. And some people can but they're shy. They don't want to speak before people. All these kind of factors. The fact is, salvation is because you believe in your heart. Everybody can be saved. Some people are more demonstrative than other people. Some people, they really are saved, but they, they're terrified of a crowd. They're terrified of being in front of people. They're terrified of speaking. They're terrified to say, uh, I, I just got saved, or I got saved last week, and uh, I'm here to confess but I'm saved. Well, that's good if you can do that. But if you don't do that, is he still saved? According to the Bible, see, everybody can be saved. Number one, everybody's saved the law. Number two, everyone can be saved. And then number three, number three, number three. Here's the third thing. Everyone will not be saved. This is unpleasant, but this is what the x-ray shows. Everyone will not be saved. John 3.18, he that hath not believed. Uh, let's, let's turn back to John chapter 3, verse number 18. We're kind of focusing on John 3 today. John 3, verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not. Okay, both hear the gospel, both know who Christ is, but not. But both of them do not respond positively. One responds, yes. I believe. The other one says, no, I don't believe. Both hear the same thing. Both hear him speak. Both see him. 
but not everyone believes. He hath not believed. Verse 36 again. He that believeth on the Son hath a blessed life, and he that believeth not. So not everyone's going to believe. Matthew 23, 37 says this. Jesus looks over Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, and even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. I saw a chicken defend her chicks against a cobra. Not in person, by by video. And this crow was coming toward her little chicks, and this chicken, this, this mother hen, it got really agitated. It flapped its wings around and began to jump up and peck at the snake and was distracting the, the snakes so that the kids, the kids, <laughs> the chicks had come out of the corner there and escaped to safety, you know. And she was just flapping and the snake was like all confused and everything. And this thing was picked safety under the wings of mama. And so Jesus said, I'd like to do that for you, but you would not. You would not. What does that mean? That means even in Jesus' time, the majority of people rejected him. Well, we know this to be true about human nature. As time goes by, he doesn't get man doesn't get better. He gets more hard in his heart. When people hear the gospel, hear the truth, they either melt or they get hardened. The sun does that to things. It melts eyes or it does it burns. You know, but uh, people who reject the gospel in their heart, the more they hear it, the harder they get to it. They get used to it. They get very stubborn. They get very self-conscious. They get very, very much. They get more resolved that they are not going to believe. That's how people get. It's a dangerous position for man to become, uh, to get in, to be like that. And so, uh, but you would not. Uh, and then Matthew 7, 13, I'll stop here. Into ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many be, many there be which go in. Many will not believe, few will come this way by faith. So, number one, we know something about everybody, according to God's dictionary, Everyone is either saved or lost. Two, everyone can be saved. And three, not everyone will be saved. Well, that just tells us a lot of truth, doesn't it? You, your job is to give people the gospel, pray for them, water it, encourage them to believe. But many of them do not believe. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. They will not believe. That's not your fault. Okay, we want them to, but that's not your fault. We have to stop here. Let's take a short break and come back at 10:45, please. Okay.